you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. You jumped up and... That's Austin Nace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I forgot. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies to Kirk Street. We ran out of time. We'll get to reschedule soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Nate, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone with two firsts. That means it's time for the WWE debate. Brought to you by CampusToCan.com. Austin Nace is out. Matt Bruning and Chris Moxley are here, and I'm Felix Sharp. On a colluding version of tonight's show, Anthony Richardson tears up the NFL Combine. Should you be cautious with Malachi Nelson in freshman drafts? And what is to take from uh, spring practices so far? But we start with a quote from Coach Steve Sarkeesian. Well, let's actually start with Adam Schefter's um, uh, recreation of that quote, Adam Schefter tweeted earlier this week, Texas head Steve Sarkeesian said today that sophomore Quinn Ewers and freshman Arch Manning will compete for the team's starting uh, job. The actual quote, Matthew, and I think you hit on this in one of your spring practice reports, is I'm not worried about who's going to be on the cover of what magazine next week. Uh, I'm more focused on my – I'm more focused – on each guy, uh, what they need to be doing to develop to be the best player that they can be. Quinn has an entire year head start, but I don't want to hold Arch back. I want to see how far he can take this thing and what it'll look like. I mean, Matt, you can find you can provide some other context uh, to this quote here, but Matt, I mean, since you are the Quinn Ewers guy, just give us your thoughts here. Yeah, the the other context to this quote um, in another press conference he had. So I, I assume this was said right to whoever Adam Schefter was quoting. I don't remember the the gentleman's name. Um, the guy that I know he talked to is Jeff Howe of Horns Twenty Four Seven Sports, um, and he told him as well that Malik Murphy and Arch Manning 
um, what is it, can challenge Quinn for the job that he won last August if they are up to it. Um, but if you go and read the entire press conference, I mean, there's an entire article about Steve Sarkeesian, Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning. You read the article, it is 100% praise for everything Quinn Ewers. And then he says one thing about Malachi uh, Murphy or Malik Murphy. I'm sorry, Malik Murphy and Arch Manning. And everybody turns this into a non-existent quarterback battle. To me, there was nothing he said in there that was wrong. Like, I, I don't see any issue with anything he said, to be honest with you, because he, he gave infusive praise to Quinn Ewers and said that those guys have a chance. Realistically, everybody has a chance. I mean, I, I'll compare it to a guy. I know you like Felix and Tyler Van Dyke, who, didn't even get Wally Pipp last year, right? The, the whole Wally Pipp scenario is you get hurt, someone comes in, plays better than you, you lose your job. Tyler Van Dyke got hurt last year. Jake Garcia comes in, sucks, does nothing. They now, he goes, he's in. He's at Missouri. They've already come out this year and said, oh, Embry Williams, the true freshman who just showed up in practice, has a shot to win the job over Tyler Van Dyke, who's been there for two years. Do you believe that's actually heavy? No, of course not. Coaches are saying that it's coach speak, and that's exactly how I read everything that Sark said. I have no issue whatsoever with what he said. Quinn has got the job. He said Quinn has a job. He literally said it's Quinn's job. He won it last August, and sure, if Malik Murphy and Arch can do something to come and get it from him, then they can. There's nothing wrong with saying that. He's he's stating the obvious. If Arch is this that good, because I'll be honest, as the biggest Quinn Ewers defender, outside of a game and a half, did he do anything to say that – did he do anything as a C.J. Stroud or Caleb Williams did the years prior to say this is their job, they're not losing it? Honestly, no. If if we're all being honest, we believe that he'll get there. I believe he has a talent. I believe he's better. I don't believe I – be, well, I should say I believe because I don't have proof. I believe that he is better than Arch Manning by a decent margin, if you want me to be honest. And I don't think that this is going to be a quarterback battle at all, but I understand why Sark is saying that because Quinn hasn't necessarily cemented it as like, this is no, he shouldn't imply though. He he shouldn't imply that there is a quarterback battle because one that can shake the confidence of your quarterback. If you're, if you're at all splitting reps between the first team, between Arch and Quinn, yours, that makes no sense to me. And then he, if he said, if they are up for it, then what if we get to fall camp and they are, you know, and Sark has named Quinn Ewers a starting quarterback, which he should already, should, he should already have done. Does that mean that Malik Murphy and Quinn and Arch Manning were not up for it? There's no reason to say that there is a quarterback controversy because it is contrived. Malik Murphy ain't gonna come in there. Malik Murphy's not even healthy, and in. Arch Manning is a true freshman. He's not going to – we're talking about an upperclassman, a junior, a third-year player with his second year in the system. There is no reason to imply that this job is up for get, grabs. It serves no one, and it can only work to hurt those involved. That's just my opinion. Chris Moxley's shaking his head. I mean, really quick, Box, I, I just – I have to yeah. – there's not – there's like two, three quarterbacks in all of the college landscape that come in knowing that the job is theirs. Then Quinn's not one of them. Like Sark didn't come out and say Arch is competing with with Quinn day one. We'll see who wins this quarterback battle. He said it's Quinn's job. Let's see if Arch is up for it. If he doesn't get it, Arch is not going to go. Oh damn it! And quit and go home crying to the Mannings and transfer out. 
he didn't win the job. It, it that's there's a quarterback competition in every single school every single year. All right, all right, Matt, Matt, you're 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 hosting. I mean, you've won the job, but you know, if somebody else is up for it, Matt, then you know we never know what could happen come fall, Matt. Somebody else might hey, get the job. And then I, be, I better be on my game. And if I lose, I'm not going to go cry about it to Austin. I may pay him a little <laughs> bit to get my job. But I'm not going to go cry about it. Knox. I, this quote is so stupid. Um, one, I don't think that he should be opening himself up to like, hey, every single like it's just a bad vibe to put out into. It is it, like just say like Quinn's our guy. You know, yes. we intend to open fall camp with him. You know, we have some really great uh, depth behind him. Arch Malik Murphy, they've all shown really well, but we intend to start game one with Quinn. If anything changes, that'll mean that someone wowed us or whatever, like whatever coach speak you want to put into there, right? Like you don't have to do this. And this is the second year he's done this shit. Cons- Sorry. Uh, we're going we're to get the explicit tag on uh, Apple Podcasts now. But he did this last year with Hudson Card, and I don't think he had any intention of ever starting Hudson Card in 2022. Like it, it's frustrating because he's done this now back to back years. And I think the media is getting carried away with what his actual quote is. Like, I don't think he said, Hey, it's an open quarterback battle. Which Sark is a veteran and he should know that. He, he should he's a know veteran that. Coach. He should know that. He should know that. But when you got Schefter being like, Hey, it's an open competition, well, not not really. Like, I, I don't think that reflects reality of the situation, but it doesn't really matter because now 90% of America or the college football interested America now believes that there is an open competition between between Quinn and Arch. And I don't believe that to be the case. And, and you know why, why it's, it's especially bad? Because Quinn Ewers did not play lights out football last year. We're not talking about a player that had yeah. a 74% completion percentage through 40 touchdowns against five interceptions. He wasn't great. So if you are just a casual fan looking at this, if he's a narrative, well, yeah, of course there's a quarterback controversy uh, there at the 40 acres because Quinn Ewers didn't play that well. Why wouldn't there be a controversy? It's, it's even more reason not to say something like this because you don't want to shake the confidence of the guy that supposedly you're going to go into Alabama and and win and try to get to a, a national championship this year. Do we I don't do we think that? Um, I'm trying to figure out how to <laughs> phrase this nicely, but like, is there any incentive from Sark's perspective to promote a competition? In any capacity, whatsoever. I've, I've heard, well, actually, talking to my friend Adam Lewis, Adam believes that when when Arch Manning was recruited, that he was told that he would have, uh, have a shot at the job. I don't believe that for a second. I don't think that that Sark promised that there would be a – because even if, if he did say that, I would think he was lying. I don't think that there is a competition here. Arch Manning, a true freshman, is not coming in and taking the job from a third-year player who's – rated and as as highly regarded as Quinn yours it's just not going to happen he's going to sit for a year the plan the the way they do these things at good programs you have a player like Quint yours hopefully he declares after this year and then the recruit yep. sits for a year and then takes the starting job it's what they do at usc it's what they've done at alabama it it's it's the correct two years between classes gives you know Lack of competition. You know who the incumbent is. You give them reps. 
you understand, you indoctrinate them into the system. Indoctrinate maybe is a bad word. I mean, not all programs are cults, right? But, uh, you know, that's what you're trying to do. Here's the question that I'll, I'll end this segment with. Do more people know the name Arch Manning than Queen Ears? And how many more people? I, I think I think more people people more people know the name Arch Manning, even though they are equal for sure as quarterback prospects. You're gonna get some rowdy people calling for Arch if Quinn struggles at so. all. It might be a Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams thing, and which is again why Stark Stark shouldn't do this. Nationally, maybe people more people know um Arch uh, down here in Texas. Quinn is is well he might not be now after the year last year there are a lot of Texas fans who are kind of he was the golden child down here like when he committed to he was a South Lake Carroll kid right like South yeah, South Lake Carroll is South like a yeah he one of the was the king down here I mean you're talking South Lake Carroll so South Lake Carroll Stadium is almost the size of some college football stadiums down here it's a high school football stadium oh I believe they used it. to play they used to play major league soccer in that stadium that's how big the stadium is. <laughs> And uh, they they would sell out almost every game night. It, it, it's ridiculous. So he is very well known down here. They are very excited about having Arch Manning, but I just I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way. I, just, I honestly don't think it's a big deal because, in my opinion, nowhere in his quote did he say this is an actual quarterback competition. He inferred yes that Arch could. It have doesn't matter now. It. It's out there, and what but that's that, going to lead well, to is watch the spring game. If Quint Ewers doesn't play well, you're going to get booze. You're going to start hearing chants for Arch, anyways, and you're going to get that though. in the season, which he's fed into it. Which is why I think him even going there was ridiculous. He's fed into that narrative. I don't think it matters at all because they they know what was said. Quinn knows that that was not what was said. Quinn knows that he's the starter because he said that in the statement. So Quinn knows he's got his head coach backing him. And regardless of – so let's just play this out seriously. If Sark never says that, if week two Texas gets smashed by Alabama, all over social media everybody's saying, when's Art starting? Is he starting game three? Is he coming in at halftime? So it doesn't matter what Sark – if Sark would have come out and said what Mock said, and like this is an open competition, yeah, I think it would have been a lot worse. But everybody else feeding into it nationally, I don't think matters as much because down here in Texas, that's not the belief. And I believe in that locker room, that's not the belief because that's not what Sark said. I think that's the major difference. You've been in a locker room, Felix, so you can tell us. I think that that's probably a better thing for them. It's like, no, we know that's not what they said, so let them all hate us. Let them all hate Quinn. That's our guy. And they'll back him. And they'll play better, in my opinion. Was it was it Bob Stutes who produced the uh, fake newspaper articles? I think uh, it was Kirby Bob Stutes. It is well. Kirby, uh, Kirby, I need all Kirby's on it too. And so has uh, Nick Saban. Yeah, and I'm, like just, I'm sort of Kansas City Chiefs because Travis Kelsey was spouting. We were everybody yeah. said we're going to the play. I'm like, get the so we'll get we'll get some uh, Texas fake fake newspaper articles in their locker room, oh, bolted yeah, sure. board material. Nobody. One. Nobody. Yeah. No. Them. Nobody believes in us. I. I mean. I'm sure Sarkeesian's already sent fake fake uh, material to Quinn to motivate him. For the record, uh, we had absolutely zero press at Grand Valley State University. There was nobody who cared who was going to start, and it was uh, Colin Finnerty. God you know, rest his soul. All I was um, going to say is, uh, you know, living by your motto, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. You could have just played that up to to be a whole lot better if you wanted it to. You didn't have to tell us the truth. Uh, um, I want to transition here to, listen, I could have started this show with a crown on my head and smoking a cigar because oh Anthony Richardson has 
it appears that he's solidified himself into the top 15 of the NFL draft. He tests as the most athletic quarterback ever. Um, I think that's going to mean something. I think that own maybe not GMs, but I think that owners could potentially be just as emotional about a player like Anthony Richardson when they see how athletically he tests and they start getting started. I think that's going to elevate him. It only takes one Jim Isray or whomever to trade up for this guy. And uh, Ursay, by the way, Jim, Jim, Jim Ursay. Jim we always mess up when we start talking about the NFL. We, we, <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. You, you, we were talking about uh, who's the wide receiver just, for the 49ers. I just, I just don't talk NFL, so like I can't mess yeah. it up if I don't yeah. talk. Um, but it only takes one owner to do that, and I think that he's solidified himself, uh, of, of being a first round. I, I said I said that I thought he was going to be a top fifteen NFL draft pick, and so yeah. I mean I'm going to be right again for the second time in three years. Elevate the player, player that we've been talking about for the last twenty four months, at least. Anthony Richardson's going in the top fifteen, um, but you guys, you guys know that I don't like to. I personally, I don't like to toot my own horn or tell you that I was wrong. You guys know me. You guys, know I mean, me. let's just hope he doesn't crash out of the NFL like the other guy you touted because that's uh, it doesn't matter if he goes in the top 15. I've all, as a matter of fact, I think I've already won this debate. No, you I think, think I've already, already won. won? <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that. We'll see. So, I mean, you mentioned his, his numbers. There's a athletic comp if you're watching on the screen for the podcasting audience you're not gonna be able to understand what's going on here well but i wanted i wanted to point this go ahead go ahead felix no 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 you go ahead so i wanted to point this out because dante culpepper Taysom hill tim tebow are like some of his top athletic comparisons obviously everybody gives him the cam newton comp because of the size and and everything which is an 80 so i was saw some stuff on twitter our, our good friend bud elliott follows all of us as a cover three podcast oh yeah he i petty like some old tweets i petty like some old tweets between he, me and bud he tweeted <laughs> out this thing and so i, I want to have a conversation <laughs> about this because there's also some other news that i imagine felix hasn't seen that we were just discussing in our slack that just recently came out about anthony richardson as well but uh again if you're watching podcast audience i'll try and do my best to describe this i have the top ras athletic scores for quarterbacks on the screen Anthony Richardson, obviously perfect 10.0 after the combine. The other players on this list are Cam Newton, Dante Culpepper, Marcus Mariota, Josh McCowan, Tyree Jackson. Don't know who Zach Con Conquie. I, I don't know. Blaine Gabbert, Brett Huntley, Robert Griffin III, Quentin Porter, Dominique Davis, Andrew Luck, Colin Kaepernick, Tim Tebow. That's Good not list. is it? I mean, I, I mean, I think so. That's a great – how many first-round draft picks are we talking about here? Uh, Tim, one, Tim Tebow, one, two, Robert Griffin, and then Marcus Mariota, Dante Culpepper, Cam Newton, and Anthony Richardson is going to be a first-round draft pick. Are you using this to say that it's not a good comparison no, that he's no, I was that athletic? I was going to point out, obviously, the Cam Newton who came in just right below him, Dante Culpepper, who I actually believe had a fairly good NFL career. Uh, oh, absolutely. Right. Dante Culpepper like, had a good NFL career. Outside of Andrew Luck, I'll actually put Colin Kaepernick in there because I do think he was good in the NFL. Outside of those three, though, Cam Newton, no, sorry, four, Cam Newton, Culpepper, <laughs> Luck, and Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> not that great a list for NFL. Wait a play. minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There One, are two, two MVPs on this list, right? One, there are two, two MVPs on this three. list. There, there are two rookies of the year on this list. Yes. 
four. What what five, are we talking about? What are you talking six. about? There's four good players on that list. That's it. There's six good players if we account oh. for injuries on this list. Who are you counting for injuries? Robert Griffin and two. Who am I? Probably missing? Kaepernick. He deserves a little oh, bit of benefit of the doubt. I put Kaepernick in there. Cam Newton. Okay. Matthew, okay. So R- Richard's Andrew Luck and oh, now the list isn't in front of me. This is the, the most sorry, ridiculous sorry, sorry. podcast. The most Andrew ridiculous Luck and argument. Kaepernick. Okay. So Richardson is the ten. I think he's the greatest athlete we've ever seen in the quarterback yes. position. Yeah. Obviously. Yes. That's not really up for debate. Cam Newton, Dante Culpepper. Marcus Mariota, both of whom won MVPs, NFL quarterback, <laughs> Robert Griffin the third, Andrew Luck, Colin Kaepernick. Actually, that's seven. Good that's NFL seven. quarterbacks. Oh, I think uh, okay. I don't even include Josh this McCown, is, who had like a fifteen-year career as a ridiculous argument. as like an incredible one B. And Austin in the chat is saying there's one MVP. I could have swore Cam. Dante Culpepper. And Dante and Culpepper luck. and didn't Dante Culpepper win a co MVP with Steve McNair, if I remember correctly? It doesn't count, but I, I'm it doesn't. positive. Luck won one, did he not? No, he did not win an MVP. Mm-mm. He did not. Andrew Andrew luck luck did not win an MVP. I thought it was Cam Newton and Dante Culpepper. Doesn't I thought matter. Culpepper won one. That too. List we, I know it was Cam. I know Cam because Cam lost the, to the Broncos the year yeah, that he won the cool. MVP. Yeah. So um, that's not so a bad that, list. It's not a bad list at all. I, just, I don't think it's great. And, it, and if you take out the guys who are not even projected to be first round draft picks, then then it makes the list. It makes his ceiling that much more apparent, Matthew. That's it's a ridiculous. Oh, yeah, you can let's, do that. For let's compare it to, let's compare it to some undrafted free agents. That better. makes no sense. On, this man. is using numbers just maliciously. I just thought it was an interesting list. I was That's just putting so it. I thought there. I thought there was a I, really good players. So That's it. Last last year at this time, Buddy Lee already killed. Twenty four seven released a mock draft, and I retweeted it. I said, hmm, "No, uh, first round mock draft." I said, "I retweeted it and said, no, uh, no, Anthony Richardson. Interesting." Bud responded saying, "I know guys in that locker room. He's got a long way to go." Oh, Bud tweets earlier uh, this week. I've been watching Anthony Richardson since he was 16 years old, and he's just different. What happened to that in April of 2022 when I questioned where Anthony Richardson was in that first-round mock draft? Mocked and ridiculed. Mocked and ridiculed by everybody. By you two, by Austin. You know what? I I don't think any of us ever said that he wasn't an elite. Oh, no, no. Yeah, an elite athlete. All like we we've all agreed. I, I, I'm going to go back and listen. As a passer, go oh, ahead. Whatever. You, I have you, called him always, a top 15 NFL draft pick. So horribly wrong. And it's going and it's going to happen. No, that's not true. He listen. My my thing on this show has always been the value of players. Okay, y'all, you three like to to tell all these five star players. Bijan Robinson and Quinn Ewers, your fa- in in Austin Town Bijan. Matthew likes to talk tout uh number one rated Quinn Ewers. I dive deep to number hitting, four Anthony Richardson. And I'm hitting no no deep. Four-star prospect, four-star prospect, four-star. And he's gonna be a top 15 NFL draft pick. You know who's not projected to be a top 15 NFL draft pick right now? Quinn Ewers. That's right now. And Anthony Richardson wasn't oh. last year for that reason. He was not That's, that good. He had oh not shown man. us anything. Like I want to pour I want to pour a seats. 
you're really you're, you're, you're so so now so y'all are supporting me on the Anthony Richardson no, love now is I'm that what you're trying to say we supported you but we did not okay. say that he couldn't get there we said he needed uh-huh. to show more as a passer which was my uh-huh. argument which I'm pretty sure was what Moxley backed me up on and Austin uh-huh. Uh-huh. All we said is that you need to prove as in a passer, which he didn't really do. He completed 53% of his passes, just like Quinn Ewers, as you love to throw out there. So, hell, Have we ever- if Anthony Richardson could complete 53% of his passes and become a first-round pick, I don't see why Quinn Ewers I, can't. I love I- how we, at one point, like, we all agreed that he was an incredible athlete and probably one of the best athletes in the entire sport. And then he tests as such, and everybody's like, oh, man, Anthony Richardson's so good. Obviously, he's so good. We knew he was this good. He was obviously this incredible athlete. Like, who was denying this? Anyone who's denying that is dumb. You it's, guys, it's a you question guys are of... fighting a straw man right now. It has never been about his athleticism. I have always talked about his trajectory and where he was headed, and he's going to be in the fifth, in the top fifteen of the NFL draft. And so, if you took him in the tenth round, this way, time out. How much of a return on your investment are you getting on that pick? That's I think we're saying. being gaslighted. You're we not are. Being gaslighted. We no, are. we're being gaslighted. Any time that Felix is right, yeah. that we were not disagreeing with him on, we get gaslighted. You absolutely were. We, we, you absolutely were. The gas, the gas is lit. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to this, and it's like, oh no, y'all, y'all, y'all were just saying he's an athlete. Y'all were saying that he, he wasn't an athlete. I don't think anyone said that we didn't think that he wasn't a great athlete. I'm going to find out that I said that he was probably an FCS level quarterback and never even deserved to be starting in Florida. That's that's what's coming now. I think we've been. Don't don't think that I can't make that happen. That's what's about to happen. I already know. I'm incredibly gaslit right now. I will add one more thing really quick on the Anthony Richardson, the thing that that we were discussing in our Slack. And I would be curious to get your thoughts, Felix, because I don't know if you have seen this per se. There were a lot of thoughts when, uh, or a lot of talk when the combine first started that Anthony Richardson was like killing the interview process. And why was- are you bringing this up? Because we don't know what was in, in the interview. We don't know. We were not in the interviews. No, we do now. You want to bring up the fact that the reports are he was just doing okay? No, is that what you want to say? Oh, that's not what Lance that from Lance Zerline, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what. I was that's talking. what you want to bring up, right? I just want to ask your opinion on it. What do you think that that matters? We weren't in the interview. We weren't in the interviews. He's a player that you can see diagnosing coverages as he reads through his progressions. I would expect him to do fine. Do I expect him to be like Peyton Manning? No, I would think expect him to be fine drawing up plays. He's a quarterback. He should be able to draw up plays. As as a matter of fact, if you remember, like Billy Napier, I do I do not like Billy Napier's offense, but I do like. I do like how he coached his quarterbacks because every week they had like concept tests where they uh, had to draw out stuff and everything like that. So Bill, I think Billy Napier prepped him a little bit for that interview process, the way they were coached in the spring last year. I can't remember it off the top of my head exactly what they did, but basically like every day they had some sort of homework assignment. They had to be able to draw stuff and, and, and teach it. I remember that from Billy Napier going there. So um all right, let's let's get off Anthony Richardson here. I, I was right, you all were wrong, or I, I should say I'm going to be right. You know what? That first show after the NFL draft, I am going to come on here with a crown, smoking a cigar. I promise you that. Um, Jameer Gibbs, I think, was a big winner because he stayed in at 199, which I thought might be too heavy of a weight for him. I thought that he could be in the 185 range. But then he went ran and ran a, 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 a four three six on his second attempt. 
He ran a four. He ran a four three six on his second attempt. So I, he's going to be. We've had him as RB two since we since the site was started. He's he might be a first round draft pick now. Mox, I mean, at the end of the first round, one of these teams, one of these teams might Kansas City could take him at yeah. the end of the first round. No, they absolutely might. I I think that he's right there on the borderline of you know late first, early second. I think he can make a bunch of arguments why he deserves to be, you know, first rounder given the like contract situation and and whether or not that's advantageous. I think there's a kind of interesting discussion actually to be had there, but um, I I thought he just like destroyed the combine. Like getting him at a four three six is exactly what I expected, and I expect him to weigh at two hundred too, like ish. Like I I wasn't expecting him like one ninety five or lower. I was expecting him to weigh in there, and I I think that's his playing weight. And I think he's really freaking fast, and we saw that. So like I, he was a winner for me too. I, I just hands down. Let's say that, let's say that Bijan Robinson goes to. I mean, give me a bad landing spot for B. John Robinson. What if he lands with the, the Ravens? New York Giants? The New York Giants. I'm no, no, okay, fine. <laughs> and and then B. and then Jameer Gibbs lands with the Chiefs. Are we going to do Clyde Edwards Hilaire all over again? The talent, the talent discrepancy. He's the talent better difference than Clyde between, Edwards. Oh yes, he is. But I'm saying the talent difference between Clyde Edwards Hilaire and um, Jonathan Taylor is a lot different than the t- talent difference between B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. Is there any yes, scenario? Uh, let's all right. This is what I'm trying to ask you. I can't even get, get over myself. Can, can Jameer can Jameer Gibbs catapult himself to wider to RB1 if he lands in a good situation over B. John? Yes, thank you. Okay. No. Can you answer the he question? Can't. We're we're yeah. struggling tonight. We are struggling. No, he can't. Yeah, I'm with Mox. No. Yeah. There's no situation I would question. take him over Bijan. Bijan's just a special player. Like he's one that he's like a generational type running back. I just don't think you can justify taking anyone over him. Period. Like I, yeah, I'm I'm with Mox. Bijan's in tier one. Jameer Gibbs is in tier two by himself. Just by like himself. Bijan's by yeah. himself in one. No, I, there's no landing spot that changes that for me. I'm searching for the controversy here, but I don't think that there really is. I can. I don't think I can create one. Um, I think we're all on on in, in agreement there. Any other winners or losers that you want to talk about from um, the uh, from the combine? I mean, Matt Jackson Smith and Jigba. He did two events, and everybody, like they said on Back to Debbie this week, he did two events, and everybody thinks he's the greatest athlete since whatever. Um, even though he didn't run the forty time, didn't run the forty, and he looked so smooth doing routes on air. I mean, I don't get get out of here. Well, I, I mean, I'm never, I'm not going to argue. Um, I think he looked fine at the combine. Yeah, he didn't run the 40. He tested all the other things, so I don't know what the issue is. He tested fairly highly in all those. He tested elite, actually, in all those. I believe he tested like the third-ranked wide receiver ever and all that stuff. So I think it's it's hard to say that because he didn't do the 40, that wasn't a good combine. He did have a good combine. Yeah, he ran against air. C.J. Stroud was passing against air, as was Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. Tan- Who else was there? Tan- was Tanner McKee there? Whoever else, they were passing against there. All the other wide receivers were running. Carson against Strong. Like, Carson Strong was there. Carson Strong passing was there. against there. Like it, that part doesn't really matter to me. Like he looked good running routes. It was nice to see him out there and not really limping or anything. I mean, obviously, we disagree on the playing level 
what we believe Jackson Smith and Jigma will be at the NFL. You you think he's no, not going to no, be? No, 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 no. Let's oh have this discussion God. again. Listen, <laughs> I, you have called him a tier zero player. And I'm like, there's a slot wide receiver can't be a tier zero player. The NFL doesn't prior just like running backs. You can be a very good running back. That doesn't mean the NFL is going to take you in the first round. My argument with Jackson Smith and Jigba is that to date, he is a slot guy. The NFL doesn't like draft them in the top 10. Now, I could be wrong on that. I could be wrong. I have bets in the slack about this. So I put my money where my mouth is. Why you move the goalpost so much with the arguments? On BSN <laughs> last week, the, it was not. JSN's not going to be a first-round pick. Now, when you're on Debbie debate, it's JSN won't be in the top 10, guys. He's not going <laughs> I've said it. Said it since 2021 when he entered the or in college. He wasn't going to be a top 10 pick. Look, we don't know that he's going to be a slot-wide receiver. I believe that he can play outside. He was forced to play in the slot at his time at Ohio State because he was playing with, oh, I don't know, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who were pretty good wide receivers last that I checked. The last two teammates to go 1,000 yards in their rookie seasons in the NFL, I'd say they were pretty decent. On top of that, you've just went on a whole diatribe 10 minutes ago about how you had to project what Anthony Richardson was going to do and why he deserved to be a first-round pick because he hadn't shown us thing. You projected this. To get to your conclusion, well, guess what? He's, I'm a, projecting, he's a quarterback. He's a quarterback. I'm projecting that Jackson Smith the Jigba will not only be a slot wide receiver, he can play outside. And I do believe that, yes, you can build your fantasy team around him because I think he is just that good at creating separation and getting open. And if you even if he is just a slot wide receiver, if you're creating separation and getting open, you're going to get the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keishon Boutte might not be drafted. And it seems like every year there is some first-round C2C startup pick, maybe even top-five guy, that their value just to like tank. It was Journey Brown. It's been Spencer Rattler. It's been DJ Uyunglele. And now it's uh, it's Keishon Butte. I mean, if he – if he <laughs> the the, uh, the the peanut gallery here in the comments is always funny, but uh, if he doesn't get drafted, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. Um, just did not have a good showing at, uh, at the at the combine and may not be over whatever injury had him in that boot. So, um, shout out to all the Keishon Boutte uh, people people who have Keishon Boutte rostered. Mox, can you take us through housekeeping? We're really struggling today. Yeah, if you're listening to us on YouTube, make sure that you are liking and subscribing to the Camp Scan channel. And if you are catching us on TikTok, make sure that you're liking us and subscribing to us there as well. I don't know how it works. I don't have TikTok, but I know that we're on there, and I know that we're uh, we're producing some fire content. So make sure that you're uh, you're checking us out there. Razor reviews matter. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything. Make sure that you are giving us reviews, whether they are five-star and they're where we can approve or they're five-star and you're beautiful. I don't care. Just give us five-star reviews and make sure that we're continually jumping ourselves up the podcast feed. We have an incredible lineup uh, pretty much every single day. We have Chasing the Natty, which comes out on Mondays. Campus Life, which comes out on Tuesdays. Back to Debbie, which comes out on Wednesday. Debbie Debate, which comes out on Thursday. That you're listening to it live if you are checking us out on YouTube. 
We also have Canbound on Thursdays and the or Fridays and the official that comes out on Saturdays. We have a ton of great stuff. And we also just released our freshman and supplemental guide on March 1st. So if you have not been able to check that out, there's an incredible amount of content in that piece. Uh, I think it's like 250 plus pages of just like player profiles, which are if yeah, I mean just like the, the best resource for uh, fantasy content for incoming freshmen. There just isn't any anywhere better than that. Yeah, you should be in the campus to Canton League. We we did not mention the Better Sports Show. <laughs> we did, Which we, we do so much stuff around here. Friday. So the Better Sports Show, I think it's Friday at 7 p.m. Yes. Uh, Friday at 7 p.m. The Better Sports app or uh, bettersports.com. So support us there too so they can know that we have uh, – yeah, we actually have some really good. That conversation is more free flowing than this one for some reason, and it's it's a lot of fun. The better sports show, and it's produced. We don't have any production value around here because Matthew's not getting on it. So um. it, <laughs> it's just us. We got we got a, we got someone in our ear on that better sports show, just telling us, right. "Hey, y'all, y'all, y'all are y'all are out of pocket." You yeah. know, half time. Um. Matt, I guess I'm going to ask you this question first. So, man, we've got, including this 2023 freshman class and 2024 with Dylan Rayola, the pipeline for NFL quarterbacks is really strong. It's really strong. Um, I think there are at least six guys in the next two classes who are potential day one or day two NFL draft draft picks. Dylan Rayola was recently crystal balled to uh, USC. That's going to create an interesting conversation next January because Caleb Williams will be gone. He will have declared for the NFL draft and they will go into the spring. If everything stays the same with Malachi Nelson, having been there for one year and Dylan Rayola, who has been comp to Patrick Mahomes, very good off script quarterback who can make all the off platform throws. They're going to be competing for the job there. Uh, in Los Angeles. Now, you know, Malachi Nelson will, this is almost a Kyle McCord, CJ Stroud thing. However, you know, Dylan Mariola may be just as talented or even more talented than Malachi Nelson. How hesitant would you be to take Malachi uh, in freshman drafts, given that Dylan Mariola has been crystal balled there? I wouldn't be hesitant to take him at all just because of the talent. Uh, I mean, you, I, I do think you obviously have to be a little bit worried about the Dylan Rayola going there just because i mean so i haven't had a chance to watch a ton of them i did i did watch uh we have a little we call a, a friday night's crew uh friday night lights crew uh david solving football matt at big wide receiver guy myself we watch a lot of high school football friday nights and we kind of go back and forth and, and talk about in our chat i did get a chance to watch a lot of his his chandler arizona games uh last year and he was impressive um I have not scouted him to the point that Matt and David have. I trust their judgment. They both said that they believe if he was in this class, he would easily be the QB one. So that tells me he's better than Malachi Nelson. And this is a great QB freshman QB class. So that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. My issue, I guess with that, with that is, I don't know that he would come in and beat Malachi right off the bat though, because Malachi's got a year in that system. And I do think that that matters. We've kind of seen that play out 
through college football as, as Nate, uh, Nate is talking at CFF Nate on Twitter talking about like, we have not seen freshmen really start in, in college football. It's why everybody kicks back against us saying that we think Dante Moore is going to start at some point in time this year. Like you just don't see it happen that often. Now Rayola has the chance, I think to be special enough to do it, but he's not going up against a Colin Schley. He's going up against a really talented quarterback in Malachi Nelson. So I, I, would be more concerned about what that means for possibly their junior year, but I or for Malachi's junior year, but I really don't know that they would force him out the door to have Dylan start in his second year. So I, I really don't know how to view it. I mean, I'd still be willing to take him. Mox has, you know, talked about, hey, you should take him at the end of the first, early second. I would still be willing to take him there because let's just say he does have to transfer in his junior season because Dylan's just that good. You're still getting one year in that USC offense with with him, and I would imagine if he does transfer, he's going to get to pick wherever he wants to go because he's that talented. You're still likely getting a first-round pick because I just believe he he is also that talented. So at the end of the day, I'm really not that worried about it. You'd love him to be with, with Lincoln Riley for two years, but if it's one and then he goes to another really good offense, well, if he goes from USC and then goes up to Washington, Kalen DeBoer, like, I'm going to stick it to USC. Like, would you really hate it that much? No, you would not. So, like, it, it's too hard to predict that far in the future. I would not be worried about it at all. Moss, yeah. would you be concerned? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm basically lockstep with Matt on this, right? I, I think he will win the job next year, and then we start having a conversation in uh, twenty twenty. Five, I think yeah. I have that year right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and if Rayola is actually pushing him, then I, I do think he can go elsewhere and thrive, regardless of where it is. Like I, I really think that he would have an open invitation. Malachi Nelson is an incredible quarterback prospect. He's probably, if all things break right, a future first round NFL draft pick. So I don't think he's going to be someone that. USC let's get away, even if that means starting Malachi for a year and, or yeah, Malachi for two years and then Rayola for a year. I don't think that's crazy from their, their planning perspective, but I just think his talent's incredible where it doesn't, just doesn't concern me. And Lincoln Riley has had success with starting quarterbacks for one year. Cause what Jalen hurts one year, Kyler Murray one year. uh, And, and then, you know, Jalen Hurts, second round draft pick, Kyler Murray, number one overall pick. So, um, you know, it could work out for Dylan Rayola, even if he doesn't win the job right out the bat. And and I would also say, like, I wouldn't panic yet either because Dylan's also not come out and given us any kind of idea on when he's planning on committing. Now, I know that, like, uh, what was it, Andrew Ivins, um, uh, Steve Wilfong, who is the other one? There was another, um, Greg Biggins. All three of those guys who, who are very well plugged in in the recruiting circles all have crystal balled him to USC. The one thing I will say is a lot of those guys crystal balled him to Georgia like four months ago, and all I ever all we heard was he's going to Georgia. Now they're like the third team. No offensive grade. skill position player other than so, a running well, back should be going but to that's Georgia. That's my point. I don't know. He, I don't know Dylan Rayola at all. But it really feels like every time he goes and visits a school, he's all of a sudden all in at that school. Like last time he went, all of a sudden he went and visited Georgia and it was all Georgia Bulldogs and everybody's like, he's going to Georgia. Then the last school that he has visited was USC. Now he Call was recently at, 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 at Nebraska as well. Say I just say Dylan Nebraska is, a flight. is say out of it. I do not Come think on. Nebraska is out of it just yet. Man up. So say I it. would not panic. Say it. 
if you're a Malachi Nelson. No, he's just a kid. Say it. Come on, I say it so I can put it on TikTok. Say it. Say, say Dylan Rayola is a flake. Dylan Rayola has all the talent oh, in the world. On. He's an extremely talented player, and he's going to make the right decision when the Jeez. right time Dil- is for him. Dylan Rayola is not a flake. Oh, God, I don't want to... I don't want to say this. How much controversy are we allowed to <laughs> stir up on the show today? You know what I was thinking as we were answering this question is Austin's not here, but I can just feel his judgment all over this show sheet. Like this is a stupid question. Like that, that's that would yeah. be Austin's response. This is a dumb so question. Here, here's what I'll say, and I'll be totally honest and transparent about it. And if I get in trouble, I get in trouble. The people that crystal balled him to USC are probably going to flip-flop like five more times. And then the day of, Crystal Ball him correctly. And that'll go towards their like 99% correct Crystal Ball algorithm or whatever. Like the stock that I put in something this far out means very little considering how much these experts flip-flop. And I believe that these are the people who are most plugged in Period. Well, if you're I think Dylan they know Royola, more than anyone else. If you're Dylan Royola, let's be honest. There are three programs that I would recommend him going to. USC, Texas, well, I guess four. Alabama and Ohio State. He should go to one He's of those. He's not going to Ohio State. So yeah. no. that's done. He burned that right. bridge. So now it's so now it's three. Yeah. Those are the only three. If he goes to another school, I just I don't think it's the right decision. Maybe Washington, to be honest with you. Uh, I could I mean, put I, Washington up there. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind watching either. I still don't think Nebraska would be that bad of a spot for him with rule. It would be horrendous. I don't think so. With yes, what yes, with would. what Matt it would be horrendous. able to do, I actually don't think it would be that bad. I have watched this offense at South Carolina for the last what three years that were, was run. That was is going to be the Nebraska offense. It's that bad. It's it's a it's a group of five disgusting. Uh, non-skill, like pity of an offense. So can I can I ask a a question? I I, pro- I know this is going to sound very mean. I don't mean it to be mean. Did South Carolina have like any talent around them to like does run the, the does offense? Nebraska? What are you talking about? Yeah, South, 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 South Carolina. South Carolina just Malachi Coleman. They've landed a bunch of top offensive line prospects. Like South yeah, Carolina, five star quarterback something. in Spencer Rattler all season last year, and then they oh, finally right. picked it up in two games. They two scored games almost seventy they... points, didn't they? That's pretty good offense, I think. Yeah, they did. They they got they lost to Missouri, who I thought was the worst team in the SEC last year. Like, well, I thought Vanderbilt was. No, Missouri was worse than Vanderbilt. Just, just last year speaking. But n- neither, neither here nor there. I think the Nebraska. I just don't think the Nebraska offense can can do anything with Ray Lake quarterback. I, I would, if he goes to Nebraska, I will instantly downgrade him because his decision making. Tattoo bet. Yeah, yeah, tattoo his well, no, not tattoo bet, but like his decision making is going to go down to one. There's no on the like, like one to ninety nine scale. Like Locks that's a stupid decision. This dude's going to have a full sleeve by like twenty twenty five. I'm gonna be with, I'm gonna be the like, lizard man who's got it like, like all over Travis Barker up here, just fully tatted out. Yeah. Matt, Matt, you want to give us an update on uh spring practice? Any highlights from spring practices? 
Oh God! Why do you have to throw that to me? Like I'm not at this all. This is prepared. on the show sheet. Um, this is on the show sheet. It just says storylines. I, I don't know. You could have. You can't battle you, further down. What? You, you've what? Been doing what, these videos every day. You can't give us some highlights <laughs> to takeaways from spring camp. Didn't didn't I just freeze? Dude, okay. Do you? You know. Even you know you 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 know I'm I'm working on getting the production value for this show down all this other stuff. I'm a busy man. I have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, let's. I mean, what do you want? NC State sounds like this might actually be a quarterback battle, even though everybody is pegging Brandon Armstrong to be the guy. MJ Morse is competing. They said that he actually looks bigger than Brandon Armstrong, looks better than ben- Brandon Armstrong. Only I'm couple shocked. practices in, so. Uh, you know, obviously the Robert and I offense. Everybody is intrigued by. It. Definitely want to watch that. SMU, there's been some intriguing stuff. Uh, true freshman Jackson Lavender has been running with the ones for the first couple of days. Seems to have a really good, uh, re- or has really good chemistry with Preston Stone, who's going to be the starting quarterback there. Don't know that he's a guy that would start right away, but I do think it's a name to watch. They do have a pretty loaded uh, wide receiver room. Jalen Knighton has looked really good as Kamar Wheaton has been suspended due to academic issues. Um, one team that I'm actually really intrigued by, and I would really suggest if you have not listened to chasing the natty that dropped on Monday, uh, I believe it was this past episode that Nate Marquise talked about how he is all in on Missouri. Um, I am as well. And I think they're going to be a really good offense. So both Sam Horn, Sam Horn plays, um, baseball for the Missouri team injured his shoulder, throwing the ball is going to miss the first couple of days. looks like he'll be back sometime next week. You've got Brady cook who has been out due to a shoulder injury, had shoulder surgery early this off season, but Jake Garcia has been passing the ball and looked really good. The main thing is the wide receivers coach there who has developed a lot of really good wide receivers, specifically at Fresno state with Kalen DeBoer and what he was able to do with Jalen Moreno Cropper has been praising Luther burden, who has actually dropped a little bit of weight as well. And it seems like Luther burden has locked in the number one role, Mookie Cooper, the number two role. So this could be a very intriguing offense if they can get any kind I know a name from the past right there, right? Still still there at Missouri. Um, it's if, Kirby uh, Moore, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. If, yeah, if Ker- they can get go ahead. Kirby Moore is legit. Yeah. No, I was just say Kirby Moore, passing game coordinator under Candler Boer, yeah. office coordinator under Tedford last year. Like that that's a legit offense. I just want to I, I'm in on Fred. I, I'm in on Missouri, so I just want to share my excitement. Yeah, they Sorry. could um if they get competent quarterback play, they could be a really interesting team. Just a couple more that I found very interesting. Going to your 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 guy there, Tyler Van Dyke in Miami there, uh, Felix. Shannon Dawson is extremely excited for what they're going to do with this offense this year. He They showed off a lot of the quick passing, uh, getting uh, Tyler Van Dyke into a little bit of motion, getting the ball out quickly, bubble screens and everything, then to challenge deep down the field. Um, again, they did say Emory Williams has a shot to win that job. I don't think he does. Malachi Nelson was passing in uh, camp uh, for USC. Zachariah Branch was already impressing. What happened to Curry Brown? Is he still at Miami? No, he transferred. I don't know where he transferred to. One one and done at Miami. Sam Houston? I'm almost positive he transferred. Did I make I that up? Wrong, but um, I don't remember. I, I They already said Emory Williams has, has a shot to challenge Tyler Van Dyke for the job, so I imagine Ja'Curry Brown's not there. If he is, I don't know why he's not challenging. Um, But Tez Walker is getting rave reviews in North Carolina's camp. Take They're, that, Nate Marquise. They take are that. all in on what it, they they said he's already been a serious problem. Now take this with a grain of salt because the UNC secondary is not good. But they said he's he has been just destroying their secondary in the first couple of practices. Um, but interesting is Kobe Paysor was their slot wide receiver. Everybody was excited about last year, correct? 
Gavin Blackwell has actually been running with the ones in the slot, which I found interesting. He's dropped a couple passes. I, I don't know if that really means anything for Pesor, uh, but he was running with the ones. We already discussed the Texas stuff. Uh, so last but not least, um, Oregon State. DJU struggled in his first practice. We looked perfect when they were passing the ball in some drills, but when they got to 11 on 11s, they seemed a little bit skittish running with the twos. But Aiden Childs. Looked impressive, looked really good with the, he was running with a three, so take that for what it's worth, uh, but was throwing the ball all around the field, had the only touchdown of the day for the Oregon State offense, a 55-yard bomb to Zachary Card. DJ Ungalele, not a good football player. Um, Mm. Can I pull back the curtain a little bit? Barnabas getting ready for his close-up. I see him in the background. He was throwing on his, uh, his chapstick, making sure that he was, you know, ready. Ready for uh, to, to come on camera, Barnabas. All right, Barnabas, unmute, your, yeah, unmute yourself and, and let us know, or if you have a response to that, and then yeah. let us know how he did tonight. I was a trumpet player, so chapstick was kind of normal. We all had our brands like that. That's pretty standard fare for us uh, brass. I respect it. Day. Um, so a couple of things. Jacari Brown still is at Miami, according to Sports Illustrated, six days ago, twenty four seven yesterday. Um, so that's that's that. Um. But yeah, there were a couple of interesting notes. Um, I'll I'll get a couple notes on a couple of things. But Matt, I did want to say uh, in 2024, Dylan Raiola, if he's starting, then Malachi Nelson would have to go to a Big Ten team to stick it to USC. Just a quick note there. Um, so, you know, my Maryland Terps are in the running all of a sudden. Huh? Let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's, take, let's talk about Anthony Richardson real quick. You know, um, he was... Uh, not a good passer in college football this past year. Statistically, he was 64th in passing yards, 74th in QB Let's rating and 102nd in completion percentage. And, you know, we looked, we looked at that bowl game yeah, right? and we, we all saw, we all saw Jack Miller who looked very poor and granted one game is a lot higher variance than many games over the course of the season. But Jack Miller had a higher completion percentage in that one game than Anthony Richardson did all year and at a higher average yards per attempt by almost I, a full wait. yard. Wait, Barnabas, that can't be true. They got crushed by Oregon State. Are you sure those numbers are correct? They they, they only put up a field goal in that game. You all are supposed yep. to let Barnabas <laughs> just spit out his nonsense <laughs> facts during his sixty seg- percent completion percentage, uh, thirteen over twenty-two, um, and he had one hundred eighty yards. So that's eight point two per uh, yards per uh, attempt, and it's only eight point or seven point seven yards per attempt for Anthony Richardson. Uh, just, just saying. So if the offense looked bad, then Anthony Richardson was looking bad worse the entire season, just, just for frame of reference there. Um, but you know, uh, one person, one name that was like starkly missing on that list of like best quarterback athletes was obviously Michael Vick. Um, and the reason being is he didn't have enough data points. Uh, he didn't do a broad jump. He didn't do a three cone. He only did the 40 and he jumped a vert, which, uh, his 40 time was 4.33. Uh, granted, it was at his pro day, so take that with a grain of salt. And his vertical was 38 inches, which is two and a half inches less than Anthony Richardson. But Anthony Richardson has three inches on him in height. So take that as you will. Anthony and Richardson like 30 also has pounds, 34, 40 pounds. 34 pounds. Yep, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, 30 pounds on three inches, I don't think is – I mean, it's bigger, but it's not that big of a stretch, I think. But uh, the big thing is he jumped two and a half inches more – than Michael Vick. Granted, I think the 
the lateral jumping is something that's not tested. And I think that's an interesting thing that might should be incorporated in testing because I would be interested in that. Because if you guys remember back in the heyday for Michael Vick, the reason why he was a hard tackler to or hard, hard runner to bring down was because he would disappear on defenders because he was it was the lateral cuts that was getting him there. And I don't think Anthony Richardson quite has that, but he is obviously still a uh, hundred percentile athlete. So um, there is that. Uh, and then finally touching on, Oh, uh, one more thing. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, was he a good player or not? That, that was something I wanted to touch on real quick. So his best statistical years were 2013, and 2014. They went to the after the 2013 season. If you all remember, um, in those seasons, Colin Kaepernick in the Super Bowl season ranked 20th in passing yards and in the next season ranked 17th. And those were her, his best statistical seasons, um, in his career. So was he a good quarterback? Um, in the Super Bowl year, his touchdown to interception ratio is 21 to eight. So pretty good. But then in his next one where he had more passing yards, his touchdown to interception ratio was 19 to 10. That's less than two touchdowns per interception. So, um, take that as you will. Uh, but, uh, I'm on the Colin Kaepernick was carried on his, by his defense train. So if, if you want my opinion there, so, um, there's that. And then finally touching on Quinn Ewers versus Arch Manning, uh, a couple numbers that might be worth mentioning. Obviously we talked about, you guys talked about, uh, the difference in competition. Quinn Ewers was still by 24, according to 24, seven, a higher ranked recruit overall. Cause he was a perfect 100 as opposed to 99.95 for Arch Manning. Um, obviously you guys meant talked on how South Lake Carroll and Isidore Newman are different um, levels of competition, but Quinn Ewers still had more yards his senior year than uh, Arch Manning did against worse competition. So looking at their senior year only, senior year only, Quinn Ewers had- Quinn 20- Ewers didn't have a senior year. I Our thought we were supposed to interrupt year. Barnabas. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. My bad, yeah. My bad. Sorry. My bad. Sorry. This is last year. So last year only, Quinn Ewers had uh, 24, 42, uh, passing yards with 28 touchdowns, five interceptions in that same, uh, in, in Arch Manning senior year, he had uh 2,270 yards and 34 touchdowns and two interceptions. So, um, interesting stat lines, but obviously like I keep repeating, the competition was just not really comparable. So, um, it, it's interesting, but, uh, I think obviously level of competition is probably a bigger factor than, um, uh, maybe some other freshman coming in competing for a job might be. Quinn also missed five games that year. Okay. All right. I, All right. I looked at yearly stats. I, <laughs> I'm doing this on the fly. <laughs> Did anybody need to respond to Barnabas? Barnabas? Barnabas has really made this segment, that segment his own. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I love too. That first couple minutes was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm here for it. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Um, make sure you check out all the content around the campus to Canton family. Uh, the website, of course, our podcast feed and the YouTube page and TikTok. Uh, but that is going to be it for tonight. Apologies to Kirk Street. We ran out of time. We'll get them rescheduled soon. For Matt Bruning, Chris Moxley, and Barnabas Lee, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. <laughs>